0: Coming to get you, Barbara. Here's some money, go see a Star Wars.
1: But I'm trying real. I'm trying real.
0: Welcome back to Long Walk Talks. My name is David Hensley. I'm the owner and creative director of Long Walk Productions. And I am joined today, as always, by my two co-hosts, Stan Wilson-Lee. Good And Chris Wilson-Barnes. Boy, if you want to feel like time is inverting, just watch a Christopher Nolan movie. And as Chris just alluded to, today we are wrapping up our Christopher Nolan filmography discussion with the 2020 film Tenet. Uh, what a weird year this has been, right guys? Going from the Kevin Smith and the view universe to Christopher Nolan. And the view askew universe. <laughs> uh, a more I mean, skewed
2: universe.
0: Uh, yeah, just an askew universe. <clears throat>
1: uh, it's been weird to t- taking on two directors of exactly the same importance and level.
0: I mean, depending wow. on who you ask, yeah, they are wow. just on very different ends of the spectrum. Um, <laughs> Chris, uh, and which st- spectrum, Dave? <laughs> of the filmmaking spectrum. Uh, Stan, how have you felt about this journey that we've gone on this year from Kevin Smith to Christopher Nolan?
2: You know, it's like, you know, how much I I adored Kevin Smith, and uh, I pretty much adore Chris uh, Christopher. Nolan, who are we talking about? Christopher Nolan is as, as much. You he know, adores like, him so much
1: he almost remembers <laughs> his name the first time.
2: Yeah, it's like you know. I think the Batman trilogy is very important cinema, especially the uh, Dark Knight. And uh, uh, I, I think it was. I think it was. A, it was a really good. Like you said, it was two different points of the spectrum, and I think it. Uh, it was the difference between Kevin Smith's. And I'm doing this in quotes, amateurism and Christopher Nolan's professionalism, mm-hmm. you know, because even though we might have things to say about Christopher Nolan and his the way he makes films, he definitely is very professional about his filmmaking.
0: It's chaos versus controlled chaos. Exactly. Exactly. Chris, what are your thoughts before we dive into the discussion of Tenet?
1: Uh, well, I mean, I... I enjoyed their movies. Uh, Christopher Nolan's, I kind of had to be dragged kicking and screaming into watching. Um, Christopher Nolan is really good at adapting graphic novels he's made up.
0: Yeah, wow. I'd say that sounds right. I, I feel like we should start with a recap of the plot, but I really have no idea how to do that. Um, other Because, I mean, even the main character doesn't have a name. He's just referred to as the protagonist. But... Uh, it's John David Washington, right? The
2: actor, yes. Yes,
0: okay, yeah, John David Washington. Denzel's Wash- boy. Yep, uh, John David Washington is this shadowy government agent who is introduced to this program called Tenet, which is all about saving the future from uh, time travel shenanigans.
2: He
1: gets drafted into the Time War.
0: And yeah, it, basically. And
1: it, he's
2: we're dropped in at the same time he's dropped in. So yes. no so one knows what's so going like on. the idea yeah. that we have like uh interstellar we have to do a little work and homework to get where we're supposed to be at the beginning of the movie and probably for the next 35 minutes
0: all right well with that said um how difficult it is to accurately sum up this movie uh let me ask you guys what percentage of the film would you say that you understood perfectly stan
2: in what way I mean, because there's several levels of you know, there's physics, there's metaphysics, there's you know, that are you talking about where we're going as a plot and as
0: a whole? I mean, if we if we look back at the Batman films, those are very straightforward. There's nothing really I feel like to misinterpret or for you to stop afterwards and go, but wait a minute, what what was happening here? Sure.
2: Um, Fortunately, I had seen it. Previously and not that long ago. So I was a little bit, but I can tell you the first time I seen this movie, it took a long bit of time to get my footing. And, mm-hmm. and, and, like he says, he says a lot, we have to catch up or you catch up, you know. And it's like the idea of catching up to where he's at in his time or in inverted time or how do we get back? Right. But uh, but it but the same thing happens with Interstellar. Uh, same thing happens in Memento. If you think about it, mm-hmm. you're you're dropped into the moment, and, and that, if anything, that
0: same thing with Inception. In,
2: same thing with Inception, especially Inception is like, and so it's like I would say, Tenet might be a good sequel or continuation of Inception, but using uh, time infraction as opposed to dropping yourself into your own de- depths of your brain um but uh yeah it it took me a it, it still took me a little bit um i had to readjust and say oh okay okay and then i had to remember that so and so jumped off the boat and it was so and so that comes later you know let's like say so, you know so it's like it, t- it took a bit yeah it, t- it took a good 10 minutes
0: so that did not answer the question at all. What percentage, if you had to give it? Like, a, I understood seventy-five percent of this movie.
2: Okay, the first time I saw it, I would say I got to probably a good sixty. So I'm saying I got to at least eighty-five. Okay. But but because that's I I know this kind of shit a little bit, and it's like, time travel. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I've been meaning to talk to you about that, uh, Chris. What about you? What percentage would you say?
1: I don't know. I don't think I really had a difficult time following things. I mean, there there could have been subtle things that I missed, but and it's, my, Nolan is pretty good at being straightforward with what he, need, he wants you to understand about a movie. Mm-hmm. So I would put myself in about the 85% range just because I'm not going to say, oh, I 100% nailed this.
0: Yeah. Watching it last night was the third time for me. So I'd say the first time... Now, Now, let me... Clarify. I understand the plot. I understand oh, what yeah, happens. Yeah. It, all of the, um, it, It's me overthinking a lot of the time travel aspects of it.
2: Yeah, that's why I was. At, that's why I asked. You know, in what respect? So.
0: I'd say yeah. the first time I saw this, Kitty and I actually got to see it in the theater in 2020, and we were the only ones in the movie theater, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, I'd say I got, aside from the plot, maybe fifty percent of what was going on. The second time about 75% last night I'd say I'm about 95% there and I just do not think I'm ever going to completely get that other 5% and that's okay Uh, but I'll I'll bring it up later there's a point in the movie where I just stopped taking Mm -hmm. notes because I was hyper focused on making sure uh that I was paying attention and connecting the dots um which brings us to the next um observation slash uh, discussion topic don't try to understand it a direct quote from i credited her as the doctor i don't actually know what this woman's job was but one of the first people that the protagonist goes to see is this woman who explains the tenets of time inversion to him and she says to him don't try to understand it and did I was she like, say
2: her job was just the, that wall piece of wall with the bullets, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's all she does. Yeah, all she does is work with
0: time inverted <laughs> objects. Uh, which you know, imagine going home at night and your husband being like, "Hey, honey, how was work?" <laughs> I don't fucking know. It could have been good. It could have been bad. I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> that's what I think. The thinking confidence too. of Christopher Nolan to feel—I mean, he did. I mean, he did it. He did well. I think he succeeded. But the confidence to put a line like that in your movie, right? <laughs> to be like, "Don't think about it." Don't,
0: I've, it might have been a response to like studio executives being oh, like, yeah. I don't understand it. Okay, well, don't try to understand it. I, Just fucking go with it.
2: I think what's thinking thematically is that she had tried to understand it and it was killing her. That's why, you know, she had the collection, the drawers of oh, it stuff. Oh, it was very so much the
1: resigned, look,
2: don't try I, to I, understand exactly. it. Exactly. So it's like, it's like, I had to figure out and it took me a long time because she gave him the out. She could teach him, you're catching it. Yes, and not throwing it. So she had to learn that. It's, so much it was the magic. sound
1: of so, it was the sound of someone who's like, "Look, I, can, I have just explained it to you. I know exactly how it works. It still feels like fucking magic. So just go with it."
0: Well, and it, the whole that whole scene I think is quite literally just a metaphor for the rest of the movie oh, sure. and how you yep. just kind of have to commit to this concept because he tries to do what she just did, which is hold out his hand and have the bullet come to it, and it won't. And she's like, "You have to have just dropped it." So he has to commit to the motion of him dropping a bullet before it will actually come into his hand, and that whole—you just have to commit to this concept for it to work. It's just a big metaphor for the movie. It's
1: it's the idea of of how the time travel is going to work because you have to go through the process of dropping it first before the time will invert and give you the bullet back. Yeah. It's yeah. So basically, it's part of the whole first 50 minutes of. Here's what Christopher Nolan wants you to to understand, so you can show you the movie he wants you to see. (laughs)
0: and i think this the whole thing about you didn't you're not shooting the bullet you're catching it right. you're not dropping it it's coming back to you that is what i have spent like the last year and a half since i first saw this trying to wrap my head around and i think that's where i the last two times i've watched it that's where i'm trying focusing so hard on the movie to understand the concept i get the time travel well, i get moving I think- backwards like the the inversion of the entropy well, i think
1: the problem is the the time <laughs> Because of how movies have thought of time travel for ever since we committed it to film, this isn't really time travel. It needs another term.
0: Inversion, I guess. I guess. Time inversion?
1: T- I guess so, because the way, what they're describing as time travel is literally, like you said, the inversion of entropy. So you are just basically re experiencing the same thing you did, but backwards.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it hurts my brain to think about too yeah. hard, and I think that's the idea. And literally, quite literally, like she said, don't. I, if I had just listened to her and that line, don't try to understand <laughs> it. Maybe yeah. my head wouldn't hurt well, when I watched this movie. She's also literally
1: telling you, I am someone who is trained to under, to try and understand and work with this. I don't know. Don't. You're gonna fuck yourself over even harder. <laughs>
2: and i think nolan was telling himself that too cuz like oh, yeah. remember in the uh, in uh what's the magic movie um the prestige yeah where i think nolan was trying to understand his stuff a lot and he and finally he gets to tell himself and interstellar he was trying to Understand and explain and be space linearly. travel. The fourth it's also, dimension. It's
0: also
1: the downfall of any sort of sci-fi movie, whether it's hard sci-fi or yeah. like high, you know, high sci-fi, like the the sci-fi where it's just just go with it all the time. It's like when you try to sit down too hard and just explain everything out, you're
2: also fucking yourself over. Yeah, because he yeah. just blew away the grandfather complex uh, uh, paradox. paradox. You know, he just like, blah blah blah, grandfather paradox, blah, go on.
0: Yeah, he they explicitly name-drop and explain the grandfather uh, complex. Paradox. Paradox. Right? paradox <laughs> the grandfather paradox, but then in the same movie go on to defy it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Basically, they're
1: saying it's like, yeah, that's that's the simple idea behind time travel, but ours is different, so it may not work that way.
0: Because if you consider the fact that they explain in the movie... By the way, audience, if you're listening to this, and I have, it hasn't already become clear, spoiler alert, uh, if you consider the fact that the beginning of the film, the uh, Kiev Opera House... Yeah. Uh, God, I hate the traffic around here. <laughs> the Kiev Opera House heist and extraction takes place at the exact same time as the final battle. Yes. Yes. Then that means Neil died before uh, the protagonist actually met him, mm-hmm. because that's where Neil dies—is saving uh, the protagonist's life and opening the lock on that door. Yep. <laughs> I wish uh, I wish listeners you could see the look on Stan's face as he just put that math together. Those events, yeah, I, they're because concurrent.
2: I never I, I, I never saw the their face, so I didn't know Neil was part of that. No, you don't see Neil's face. They drop heavy
0: hints. It's the the thing that he's got on his backpack. The protagonist first sees... There's a red cord. Yeah, the red cord on his backpack when he is saved at the opera house. You're right. So, you also have to consider that That as the extraction is happening at the opera house at the beginning of the movie, the protagonist and Neil are both there. But at the exact same time in Ukraine... Or at the uh, ex- Kiev. Kiev. Well, Kiev is the opera house. Um, Stausk. Stausk, is, Yes, it's a Russian place. So the protagonist and Neil are also at. And, and you see the,
2: the you see the backpack with the
0: with the string with on the it. String. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um,
1: the thing about this, the, they're amb- he, Nolan's ambiguous but not subtle about that because he does ask Neil at some point and he goes, "Look, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It was just basically, yeah, I was there.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah." I, I, again, I wish I had like. I wish we could broadcast this recording so that the audience could have seen the the look on your face. It was priceless. Um, let's but c-
2: there there is that great moment at the end of the movie, which is one of my favorite moments when Neil finally explains and pretty much wraps up or brings uh, the protagonist into the loop. Or you like, know,
1: yeah, you enlisted me.
2: You enlisted me. Um, uh, we have a lot. We're going to go through a lot. We get up to a lot. Um, or I should I should say, you enlisted me a lot sooner than you think. Is you basically enlisted me thinking. a lot sooner than you think. Um, so the the whole idea that um, he's going to be going through this for a long, long yeah. time, for this
0: eternity. Is, you know, <laughs> it's also a great line when he says, "This is the end of a beautiful friendship." Yes, and, and for uh, me,
2: it's just beginning. Yeah. Yep.
0: Let's take it's a great. second, and by a second, I mean however long this takes. Our next discussion <laughs> topic is. My God, John David Washington is his father's son. This movie could have been made 20 years ago starring Denzel Washington mm-hmm. and been the exact same film.
2: When, oh, yeah. Whenever there's a back shot and when he's walking away, that's his dad's walk.
0: Well, not just like physicality, the voice. The voice. They have the exact same cadence. They ex- have the exact same line deliveries. It is fucking eerie how similar they are. And...
2: And, and I think Nolan was okay with it, because I don't know if I noticed that as much in the Black Klansman. I knew it was Denzel's son, but I didn't no- necessarily notice a bunch of Denzel-isms happening in him. Um, but... Uh, But in this one, yeah, there's a ton.
0: You think Nolan was just like, okay, so we couldn't get Denzel, so I need you to perform exactly like your father. No,
2: I I think he just said, don't be self-conscious about it. You're Denzel Washington's son. You're going to have mannerisms of your dad, so don't worry about it. Just do the part.
0: I think it's a missed opportunity that we don't see the protagonist in the future played by Denzel Washington. (laughs)
1: That'd be a hell of a thing. Maybe Neil knows. Him. I think the main oh, yeah. difference uh, Denzel has more of a casualness to him that mm-hmm. I think his son doesn't quite have yet.
0: Yeah, that's but he's he that. also
1: playing a more intense role. Yeah, but from what I was watching, it was like, but yeah, there's a, there's a bit of a casualness about Denzel. Yeah, un, until he gets really intense.
0: Yeah, that's true. Thinking about like, Man on Fire, Denzel versus Tenet, uh, John David, or yeah,
2: John David. Yeah, just say John. Yeah. JD, I, getting, JD, there we go.
0: Yeah,
2: uh, there is a moment in the when he, he's with uh, I forgot her name, Kat, in yeah. the yeah. Uh, restaurant, and all the guys come in. And, oh yeah, and he, yeah, He totally goes into Denzel. Yes, that, you know he has those one-liners. Mm-hmm. and I it's like, hmm, <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> you know, and it's like, and then he comes, then he does his fight, and they're like waiting for the bad guys to come out in the car, and then he just does his strut down the stairs and yes. out buttons the jacket like his mm-hmm. dad would. Yep,
0: it's, it's very much a James Bond kind it of movie. Really and yeah. I had the thought, I, I didn't write this down in my notes, but this feels like uh, James Bond meets Inception. This whole movie. I could see that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I also didn't write this down, but I want to take a second to talk about it. Uh, I love the use of good improvised weapons in action movie fight scenes. And I think the most painful one I've seen in recent memory is him using a fucking cheese grater I that say The cheese grater,
1: punching the guy in the face with a cheese grater.
0: And then holding it against the side of his face mm-hmm. and raking it down his cheek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't see enough cheese graters in hand-to-hand fist fights.
2: He's in a kitchen. And the best part of it is that he was doing it as he's walking, so it was almost like just a natural, nonchalant walk as he's... Punching the guy with yes. the grater, so it's like there was none of this, you know, added extra. You know, I got to sell it that I'm gonna fight. He was just like walking through a kitchen. I have a cheese grater and I'm gonna use it to punch a guy, and it was just a normal walk through the kitchen.
0: Yeah, and then he just slings a whole bunch of plates. Like, yeah, I feel bad for the poor employees of that restaurant, like walking in, like
1: what the fuck happened? Yeah, I bet. I bet they're not too surprised. I'm betting that's a front place.
0: Yeah. Still, though, we need yeah. a movie about those guys, the poor kitchen workers. It
1: would have to be a comedy where you, you, you're working at the front for where international spy stuff happens. Mm-hmm. And it would star Adrian Brody. Yeah.
0: No. And get really sad and depressing. All right. Um... Let's move on, and we're just kind of speeding through topics. But uh, I get the feeling that's going to slow down. I can
1: toss Uh, in with. We can invert. I was.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is to make this episode a full hour, because we're only at like the twenty-minute mark. Uh, Once once we get done, I'm just going to play the whole episode backwards.
2: Which will be forward for mm.
1: some folks.
0: Well, you know, I, it, was, it would have been too much, but I, when you I was thinking about... have to be about,
1: careful. The inverted podcast will make people's ears bleed.
0: Yeah. Well, I thought about... Or enter
1: them and blow their
2: insides up.
0: Last night when I was um, co- like conceptualizing this episode and these topics, I, was, I really thought about uh, not telling you guys, but starting the episode off with being like, all right, well, if you want to follow the Long Walk Productions <laughs> online, uh, Chris, where can people follow you online at? Oh, Stan, good, we're are done. you on can go. Social media? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and just proceed backwards. Oh, I
1: can, I can toss in with uh, what I was talking about with you on the way over. It's like, um, boy, Nolan sure loves a well, uh, well-coordinated heist, doesn't he?
0: Well, let me piggyback on that because our, that's what I wrote down for the next discussion topic. Yeah. Wow, Nolan really l- loves finding convoluted ways to get in and out of places. It's
2: true. He did borrow the bungee jump. From Dark Knight,
0: though, well, so he's like,
2: so he's like, he, he did. He said, "Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to have to make a new." <laughs> let's just use I was this just bring up all the movies
1: we've watched, especially Inception. Uh, it was just, and this one is just like there's a heist in there somewhere. Yeah. There's there's a heist in the Dark Knight. Yeah. Uh, there's two in this one, <laughs> uh, and it's like,
0: I'm pretty sure he had to be to, he had to be forced to drop one from in- Interstellar somehow. Well, it's funny when you brought that up, I start, immediately started thinking like. Wait, wasn't there, no, was there, there a heist in Interstellar? No, there's a
1: distraction scene where they burn the crops. So it's well, there's of, yeah. a
2: distraction scene, but the idea that they have to go to this black hole and they, you know, and he has, he ends up sending himself in and he gets into they the They have to heist the secrets of the, the universe to save yes. Earth.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think that's what so, it is. Like, I was trying to rationalize that in my head. The
2: prestige, the whole stealing secrets mm-hmm. and shit, you know, and, and. Impossible. Steal the magic of electricity. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> the whole Tesla shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, during the whole thing where um, Neil and the protagonist are trying to get into uh, that high-rise yes. mm-hmm. uh, in Mumbai. It was Mumbai, right?
1: It, yeah, it was in India.
0: Yeah. Uh, it gave me major Dark Knight Skyhook vibes. Yeah, yeah. And I want to know, like, apparently the Skyhook was a, was an actual CIA idea that it, was just deemed...
1: Yeah, I don't think it was, I don't know, it, it may have been used at least once, or, but, or, or it was just a concept, but it was a thing that they thought of actually using, yeah.
0: And just, it was too impractical, but, like, inverted bungee jumping. Who the fuck came up with that idea? <laughs> Someone
1: who wasn't going to do it.
0: Well, yeah. If, uh... If I ever find myself in a situation where I have to commit some kind of elaborate, convoluted heist, I want Christopher and or Jonathan Nolan on my team.
1: Yeah, just have them there as a consultant for his, like, if this were in a movie... Or Michael Mann. (laughs) If this were in a movie, what would you guys do and just take all their notes?
0: Well, Michael Mann, I mean, as much as I love Heat, their plots really did... in, In the movie Heat, just involve going in with guns.
2: Yeah. Like, you didn't need a plane.
0: <laughs> no, they don't need planes. They don't need, uh, you know, bungee cords. Uh, so, but I do love an elaborate heist.
1: That also reminds me, the second one shouldn't have worked. I mean, it did, but it shouldn't have.
0: The second heist?
1: The second heist, in, yeah. When they're, when they're closing in on the truck with their vehicles. Oh, yeah. It was like, by vehicle, too, like, the, the people running security should have been like, hey, something's going on.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> but, but did they take out... Well,
1: they did. Well, eventually, the when they had, after yeah, when they had all four vehicles close in, then they hit the brakes in a way that disables the the people. Right? Well, and
0: the interior, you see the interior of one of those trucks, and they've got a bunch right. of signal scrambling equipment. Right. But that was after they'd already been boxed in. Yeah. These the drivers of the truck with the uh, the piece of the algorithm with them on it were very chill about being boxed that, in.
1: But yeah, but they were also like front and behind. They had an escort, and it's like they once they saw vehicle one and two, like by vehicle two, I'd be like, "Hey guys, there's vehicles starting to surround us."
0: Mm-hmm. It was a great
1: fucking plan, though. No, I mean it looked beautiful and it went well, but it's just like, and it's and it's. Like, I went with it because it's cool, but I was just in the back of my head, is like this wouldn't work. I,
2: I think that might have been a reason why he picked those specific. Yeah. Uh, Automobiles is because it would maybe be let you know it's like if you have a tr- fire truck coming off. The I exit don't know, ramp, but just you like can buy that I'd
1: be nervous as someone on that on that convoy as soon as I saw the empty <laughs>
2: flatbed pull up. It's like, yeah.
1: hey, that's roughly <laughs> the size of our truck. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, but how do you tell a fire truck, a school bus, an ambulance, and whatever else they pull had to away. fuck off? <laughs> like. <laughs> Listen, I know that you you might be on the way to somewhere important, but we're we're hauling a piece of time traveling equipment here. And, Can and you? And that not? might
2: be the reason why they were so chill is because they have probably been trained. If something happens, you know, don't freak out. You know, just you know, l- let it go through. And I mean, hopefully, for all, for hopefully all they knew you won't it won't be plutonium. Killed, so you know that. Yeah. Um, if somebody, if, if terrorists do want your plutonium, they're going to get it. You can't really do anything. You're just a driver, so don't. And and your escorts are these folks. But yeah, you If a fire truck happens to come in, you're just you're going to pull over for the fire truck. You know. So. I mean, I get it, but still. Yeah. <laughs> but it was yeah. beautiful, though. No, it <laughs> was well. I mean, like
1: I said, Nolan does a great,
2: well-coordinated heist.
0: Uh, I agree. I love a good great aerial heist. shots for. Was, oh yeah does. to yeah. lead
2: into this stuff too so and, and, I was
0: te- and i was telling dave nolan
1: does something great with those heists where it's like for most movies you see a heist like that and then what drives the plot is something goes wrong but, yes but it's nice to see because nolan is like establishing that these people are professionals they're great at what they do so he you'll always see the heist go off pretty much like 99 perfectly and then some sort of happenstance fucks everything up but it's like you see them be good at their job and I think that's important for characters like those.
0: It is and it's also an inversion of the uh, unspoken plan guarantee cliche Mm -hmm. slash trope um, you don't really see them discuss any of these plans on screen. You just watch them unfold. You get to see them do it. Yeah. Now, had Nolan had the characters take the time to be like, all right, now once all four trucks are surrounding the truck with the plutonium, then you're going to get on top via the fire truck's ladder, and you're going to burn your way in, and you're going to get it and get out, and then we'll all split off. I feel like had they taken the time to explain that, then, of course, something would have gone is, wrong during that.
1: It is an American thing where it's just like you want to do a cool montage, but it's all tell, don't show. Yeah. And he he is a really great at show, don't tell.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, our next discussion topic isn't a discussion topic. We don't have any more because, as I put in the notes, uh, I stopped coming up with the discussion topics and and stop taking notes around the time that the free the first Freeport the heist first free- scene happened yeah because it was at that point having seen it two times prior that I was like okay <laughs> this this is where things start getting insane this is where the time travel really starts coming into play this is where multiple versions of the same characters start to exist. I have to fucking pay attention and I just I completely forgot to take notes. <laughs> I was. So I just
1: imagine you sitting there, just like, uh, just uh, clockwork oranging yourself with your eyes open like this, uh, just pulling them open.
0: <laughs> well, you know, uh, we people always talk about like audiences like being too focused on their cell phones you know the, the boomer thing uh, who was it? ridley scott
1: ridley scott yeah
0: yeah fucking ridley scott blamed, millennials and their cell phones he blamed
1: ruining. the the non-success of his well, the last duel the last duel on millennials and their cell phones yeah um, as an elder millennial pushing 40 I, yeah. let me tell you that's not true
0: uh i didn't even once we hit that scene i didn't even pick up my phone to Mm -hmm. take notes or discussion topics or anything i was fully enraptured
2: because yeah you have to be i could hear myself you have to be because once it gets to that and you start seeing the parallel Mm -hmm. stuff happening and then you see you know the fight the first fight in the hallways and uh Starting and having seen it before, you start piecing together. Oh, oh, okay, that's why Neil didn't say anything about the blah 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 blah. blah, blah. And but the idea that all this is now happening in inversion, plus and that's why Neil kept homie away from yep, yeah, himself because if they would have met annihilation, you know, it's like so it's like uh, and that kept him from shooting them. I just want to uh, point out
1: that thing you just mentioned, it was like they warned against touching your. Your past self or your other self, and because you risk, you know, what you just said, annihilation. That's time cop rules, homie.
2: (laughs) It is time cop rules, but but yeah, but it's totally feasible because your Mm -hmm. your molecules are not supposed to be in the same place at the same time. Well,
0: you know? uh, as Chris and I were discussing on the way over here, there are parts of this movie that just full on, f- you know, spit in the face of physics, and I we don't care, because future magic, There's future science. There's always something
1: again, in between them. And again, I, I, I think it goes back to the fact that this isn't what we think of traditionally as time travel. Yes. So it's operating on its... on It's, it's on parallel. Its, on a, I, I what I would argue is a more realistic set of rules honestly I agree
0: yeah and that's why I don't have the same you know the usual nitpicks that I do with this movie the way that I do with a lot of time travel movies and the way they treat the rules of time travel there are consequences to it where yes it,
2: where when
1: you do it you are in real physical danger if you're not careful
2: I'm assuming Jonathan wrote this but i I'm, I love. Or did Christopher do it as well? Um, I don't
0: know. Let me um, consult my phone. Was
2: it Michael? But the idea that um, the convention of the cylinders, the turnstiles, the turn yeah. yeah. I thought that was a great convention to and keep I will, say, I will the say, idea that you don't see yourself. It's important to
1: pay attention. But he did, until the end where, you, where things got off obfuscated during the final battle, it was pretty easy to follow. Yeah. It's like, as long as, as long as you're just paying proper attention, just watching the screen, you can see who's going where and mm-hmm. what and when, and you can see how it all connects. And then it's just like the end, it's like, it's like basically gives you like, okay, here's the basics. Now here's the test.
0: Yeah.
2: Cause like when, uh, Kenneth Branagh's character. Oh yeah, uh, we haven't mentioned Kenneth Branagh is really fucking he's the villain. great. In, yeah. yeah, he's fucking great in this movie.
0: I did not realize that was Kenneth Branagh until the uh, credits started rolling. Same Be-
2: here, actually. I didn't. I didn't. All three, three times.
0: Well, no, The first time <laughs> <laughs> when we saw this in the this theater, movie
1: does a number on him. It
0: does. Uh, <laughs> I spent the whole movie going, fuck, who is this guy? I feel like I sh- I, I Honestly, I spent the first time we watched it thinking that uh, Seder was played by an obscure British actor that Christopher Nolan knew, and I was sure that I had seen in something somewhere before. And when uh, Kenneth Branagh's name came up, I was like, Fuck! fuck. <laughs>
2: That was and Kenneth. Michael Caine's in it for a bit, and he's brilliant in his. Michael Caine came in for one scene to be Michael Caine, and, and it was perfect. And he knocked Michael, it
0: out of the park. He Michael Cained the shit out of it. Fucking shit. Yes, he was he even called his characters, Sir Michael. Yeah. Yeah, his character's <laughs> name is Sir <laughs> Michael.
1: It has a different last name, but it's just it's Sir Michael. They call him Sir Michael.
0: Michael.
2: Yeah. And uh, but but anyway, um, the whole idea that. I don't. It must be the inverted, but it could be the forward. But the one Kenneth Branagh that had to stay in the cylinder until his other self got into the cylinder, so he could come out and torture the protagonist. But that I love that convention. The proving so window. Much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The proving window. And that wonder, scene goes a long way towards explaining to the audience. Because you
1: wonder why he pauses, and then later Ives, the uh, the commando, explains it. But you wonder why he pauses and then sees himself come out.
0: Yeah, and. That, to me, that scene goes a long way in explaining, I want to say the physics, but not really, of how the time inversion works um, and how like the displacement of one person being in two places works. Um, watching the scene unfold in real time from the protagonist's point of view and then seeing Sater go through the cylinder and come out on the other side and watch the other half of that scene happen from his point of view you are watching the same scene twice but from their perspectives yep. once
1: also that's fascinating scene, that scene subtly sets up the final battle color coding Ah, uh, oh, yes it because does they, they without saying anything the the forward time part is in red lighting the the past the inverted time parting is in blue lighting yes and that's how it's set up for the people in forward time at the end and, and inverted time and the commando raid uh,
0: the, and the commando raid is really every time where i just flat out three seen the movie three times now all three times flat out given up on trying to keep oh, up oh yeah no i <laughs> it, it's just not, like yeah. they introduced the concept of uh, the uh, classic military mover, maneuver the pincer maneuver mm-hmm. but with time inversion yes so one half of it is happening in real time yes. the other half of it is happening inverted both armies are or you know both groups are converging on the same point and Someone my is, head starts hurting and I'm like you know oh, just fucking watch the movie David you,
1: you have to, to because like uh, for instance there's someone on the inverted commando squad who dies because they get stuck behind a wall that yes. replaces itself yes, yes. <laughs> and you hear a muffled explosion
0: yes that in real time somebody just blew up right and in inverted time just went back together
1: and also the distraction for them to go get the the, the, the thing to stop everything that what is the piece called again? the algorithm the algorithm to this they cause is in, for, in regular time and inverted time, they both uh, RPG the same building yes. and it blows up in different ways. Yes. And, and, that, and then... Oh
0: no, I've gone cross-eyed. As, as, yes! Exactly! That's me every but fucking that's, time. That's my, own, is,
2: my question is that, is that why Neil is the one that's in the permanent loop is because he's the one that switched... You know, so it's like he does. He he he's actually in both inversion and and has survived.
0: By the end of the movie, uh, by the time we reach the commando scene at Stalsk. There are three versions of Neil present in that time period. There is the Neil, uh, technically there are four. (laughs) There's the original Neil that was presumably just in Mumbai or England somewhere living his life completely unaware, having never met the protagonist. Mm -hmm. There is the Neil that is saving the protagonist and Kiev at the opera house. There's the Neil who is actively a part of the final battle. He uh, starts out on the time-inverted side, mm-hmm. then goes through the machine to come out in the real-time side to try to save the protagonist. Yep. And then there is the Neil who is there to pick the lock on the door and take the bullet for the protagonist. Mm-hmm. So four versions of him existing at the exact same moment in time, thanks to time-inversion.
2: Yes. So the one that went into the machine, who, which one came out to do the truck so that he could... I think the forward time guy, the, for, the one that was in forward time. Because he had to turn around. Right, because you, right, you see and him... Well, tra-
0: that's, that's the same Neil. He starts out on the time-inverted side of the pincer. He switches over. Right. And then once he sees that they are going to get encapsulated after that bomb goes off, right. he purposefully goes through the cylinder to come out on right. the... Ford time, the real-time portion. So he could
1: complete that truck. loop of failing to stop them, because yes. you, you hear the truck beep as they go into the tunnel. Yes.
2: And as far as we know, he's the only one, the only character or only being that has four
0: Well, four first, levels of existence. We we don't know with the implication. Uh, once I, you find out that the protagonist created Tenet and has been like coordinating all of these events... You don't know. I mean, there's uh, at that at that time period. Because he had story wise, he had to create the the different that Mar- loops. Martin
2: Donovan did at the beginning where he says tenant and puts his interlaces his fingers. So he had to create that. And that's when he comes back to what's her face and says, "I found out that I wasn't working for you. I was working for myself. Yeah. And so I gave her all this stuff. But uh, so it's like I guess he could be. There could be four of him because he did the time inversion It's important. Too.
1: It's, it's important to note in all these loops that one of the rules uh, that you, they never say about this time inversion is when you're going backwards in time, you are experiencing it in real time as you did going a, forward. A, right, yes. Right. So those, some of these loops that could be weeks, months, or years are happening in real time for them.
0: Yes. Yeah, if you want to go back in time a week, it's not just like most movies present where it's instantaneous. If you want to go back in time, you have to spend a week traveling in Inverted time So as such There's no real way Of telling
1: how much Of the primary events Of the movie Take place over
2: Right Because they, they, exactly. had, to yeah. the, they it, had to Keep her in the They uh, had to keep her In the The box oh, For yeah, a she, week Yeah to when to Kat gets shot
1: Yeah she, they have to mm-hmm. Reverse time for a week To get her Then stable. had to go back To the boat
0: mm-hmm.
1: Time on the boat well, they, had to, they went all the way Back to the airport In Norway Went back yeah. to the
2: airport In Norway
0: I did not realize this Until I was reading The TV tropes page But the movie itself Happens in reverse Yeah like, like I've said, the uh, the opera house scene and the final battle are happening at the exact same time. Huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, imagine <laughs> being the editor of this movie, and
1: I would... oh, I imagined it's like the Charlie Day wall full of who is Pepe Silva.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. Him just looking crazy, smoking a cigarette. That would have been me. Like once I understood my task, yeah. like once I read the script, one of the writers in my contract would be, you have to let me smoke in the editing bay <laughs> because I would just be fucking sitting there, chain smoking, drinking coffee, like putting scenes together. Like, all right. The, uh, just the continuity person on this film you, deserves it, an Oscar.
1: Yeah, I just I just imagine just the editor just like like chain smoking, like tri- like eyes dark ringed like a raccoon, and then he looks over and sees Christopher Nolan's face in the window of the door, he's like oh no.
0: Well, imagine watching it with Nolan. Like you think you've assembled this film right, and then Nolan watches it and he's like, well, actually, at this point right here, this should be right here. I would just throw up my hands and be like, fuck.
1: Just, just start just screaming. <laughs> not, not even like it's just like a continuous <laughs> scream like. Aah!
0: I mean, continue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, fuck! What a what a mindfuck of a movie this yeah. is and
2: to be, like, and subtly so, subtly it, so. It, it's, yes, it's like, not bla- It's not like Kill Bill or you know where um, everything's visceral and you know everything's going fifty thousand miles. Oh an yeah, hour. And the implications. It's, it's very, it's very subtle and very. It it's laid the- back and it's very. Deliberate. It's that. A it's of-
1: that British. It's that British implication of just being more horrific than you can conceive of.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's the way to watch this movie. Just. And, and just accept it as it comes at you. Mm-hmm. And then there's what we're doing, which is <laughs> you know, like trying to break it down and figure out everything. And I, I want to do both of them at the same time, which if I could just invert myself.
2: But but that's and, what she was saying by don't try to understand it. Well, I know, it that. So and and like, know that. He warned us and we didn't listen. I know that. You have to be dropping it to be able to catch it. You know, so the And so... What do we call Master Bruce? It's it's called instinct, you know. It's like, and that's how that's he funny. learned how to fight with himself, you know. It's like, okay,
0: that's funny. I don't feel drunk.
2: I don't feel drunk. <laughs> that's oh, a
0: callback to Memento six uh, months ago. <laughs> You're welcome. I also,
1: I also think apparently the implication might be when you're moving back when when entropy's reversed. I am guessing you're de aging appropriately as well.
0: No, I would think that you'd be aging at the same time. I don't know. See, I, I don't, I don't know. Because your body, the physical processes isn't, of isn't your body. is the
2: idea that you're kind of like on a
1: well, yeah, circle? but you can't breathe the reversed. air. I mean, when you're reversed, you can't breathe normal air. You can't. But everything. your lungs
0: are still functioning. Yeah, your body processes know. are still functioning; they just can't accept the inverted air. So what, that makes me think that that's why
2: bo- he's sick. Yeah, that's why it's, Kenneth Branagh's character is sick. I know he's well. Got
1: no, no, that's because he was he was cleaning pancreatic. up radioactive material in a from, from in, and, a, in a segregated zone in Russia as a as a young person. But wouldn't yeah. have
2: that wouldn't have that been like instigated and Pretty more sure. um, exemplified by the continuous. Back and forth. Well, I,
0: <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm not going to do the math on <laughs> Kenneth Branagh's age versus what's supposed to be happening in Stausk in the 80s. But I, it's always... Well, no, it
2: would have
1: been the 90s. It was, it was fall of the Soviet Union. That would be like 93,
0: 92. <clears throat> right. And he, he's presented as being very young in those brief scenes. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking with Seder is the reason uh, Seder is so much older than Cat is because he has been going back and forth so many times i
1: can buy either explanation i was just curious about that
0: if you accept the fact that at at least a week well more two weeks fuck i don't know several weeks pass over the course of the movie for him for Seder at the end of the movie once he has the last piece of the algorithm to Mm -hmm. go all the way back to the boat That's double the amount of time that the story takes place over. So if you consider that he's been going back and forth like that this whole time, it could very easily be that he's actually, like, realistically only 30. You would think, like, looking at a birth certificate, oh, this man is 30 or 40 years old.
1: Well, that plus the the cancer would age him
2: prematurely. So the Seder at the end on the boat... Was the Satery we had been following. Yes. yes. So oh, that's yeah. why he had the phone and why he mm-hmm. knew Cat was supposed... Well, he didn't know Cat was going to kill him. Though. He didn't know. No, he didn't. because he thought... Because he cha- she
0: changed up. Because he thought that he had killed her.
2: He thought he had yeah. killed
0: her. Yes. Because the uh, inversion radiation is supposed to be lethal. So even just wounding her during that torture scene uh, should have killed her had Neil and the protagonist not gone to such extremes to... yes transport her back in time right. through the through inversion
2: and so when she shows it's like oh shit you are the person later on
0: yeah he so spends that whole time thinking since he went back that she is, is the, the one that's yeah
2: there with him already okay yeah
0: yeah that all makes sense right <laughs> fucking hell well let's wrap it up by talking about the rest of the cast because we spent a lot of time gushing over uh sir michael kane and john david washington uh Fucking Robert Pattinson is great. Pattinson is brilliant. He is wonderful. Um, and I don't think there are still still any naysayers out there who, uh, about Robert Pattinson.
1: At this point, there shouldn't be. And honestly, he does he does a good job of almost
2: stealing the movie.
0: He does. Yeah. Um, he
2: steals. I mean, he has the um, what, uh, the other three named person: David Gordon. I mean, uh, Joseph, Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He has that role basically, yeah. um, and but and but he out Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He out JGL's JGL in this sense. Um, I I think he's great, and I don't know if I, I had I had forgotten he was in the film. So I was like, I don't know how much this connected and helped him get the Batman.
0: Because I, 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 I don't think it Nolan's. did. Because there's the there was a story online about. Uh, one day like he had to miss filming for like an afternoon to go and do his Batman audition and so the story goes you know how much of this is Hollywood bullshit and how much of it actually happened but or you know just media tabloid bullshit and how much of it actually happened he told Christopher Nolan hey I have to be gone this afternoon I'm going on an audition and then when he came back he didn't tell Nolan where he was going or what he was auditioning for but when he came back Nolan was like so hey how'd your Batman audition go (laughs) Because um, I fucking, guess
2: he would know that there were Batman auditions. Oh yeah, <laughs> and,
0: um, fucking Elizabeth Debicki is great. That's Cat, right? Cat. Yeah. She's, she's I think wonderful.
1: one of my favorite. I think my favorite part of the movie is when they're in the shipping container and and uh, Neil is sleepily explaining to the protag uh, how this is working.
0: Yeah. Um, I just I love the fact that. As far as her character is concerned, Kat is in a completely different movie. She the Neil and is, The protagonist, yeah. she is in a revenge film, and they are in a time travel heist.
2: And they offer her an opportunity to complete her path, you know. And, and
0: without even being a CIA agent or any kind of government, military operative, she is as good as the two of them with zero training. Because the whole time, like, when her and Seder are on the boat and she is accidentally spilling... Uh, Sun- sunscreen yep. on the ground yeah. you're like what the fuck is she doing back there <laughs> I thought- oh it's so she can slide his big ass off the side of the boat <laughs> well I,
1: I, I, I was like I didn't know that's exactly what was going to happen because I saw her unhooking the wires that the that were keeping you know that were the safety wires but I was like is she like spreading gasoline <laughs> is she gonna light him on fire
0: I mean, that would have been one way to do it. And yeah. at that point, you couldn't have blamed her.
1: Oh, and you and you also said that this is one of the... Uh, you pointed out this is one of the funniest parts of the movie is when she kills him ahead of... Ahead of when they...
0: Yes, um, when they're talking, like after everything has happened, after they've buried the bomb and gotten away, and she gets on the comm And they're like, with... you jumped the gun. Yeah, they're saying, you jumped the gun, you killed him. And she's like, it's because I knew that you guys would... wait. wait. <laughs> you guys would uh, do it, right? I knew that you guys would do it you guys did it right, right. <laughs> um, and
2: what's his face was the driver in Inception right Mahir, Mahir? Um, I don't know that he was I don't know if he no. was are, are you that thinking might about just... the doctor
0: because he was
1: the doctor slash driver the anesthesiologist slash driver in
2: Inception right? no no
1: I don't know that's the same actor but I know that's the character you're thinking of
2: Oh, is it the same character? No, no, no. It's not the same character. I'm saying I don't
1: know if it's the same actor who played both.
0: That might just be you being racist against <laughs> Indian not, actors. That's
1: not necessarily racist.
0: Um, I
1: wanted um, it to be because
0: he was... You want it to be racist?
1: <laughs> I mean... <laughs> no. can't
0: stop you, well, I suppose. Or do um, I? No, I'm, I'm looking at that it's, actor's... It's too different. Uh, Himesh Patel played Mahir, and I don't know who played... Uh, well, well he, in Inception. he was Yeah, it's in, not, it's not the in his version.
2: little in his little that he gets to do, he's really fun and in and, and the same way that the actor in Inception is really good in the little stuff that he has, which is a little there was bit a more, there was, a,
1: there was Yeah, there was a bit more to the guy in Inception because he... he because He, he had he, to bring everybody out. <laughs> he had, since, yeah, since he had to be part of the dream heist, he had to have a bit more Yeah, he's him. present.
0: In Inception, that character is present throughout the film. In Tenet, this character just shows is up the when needed.
1: <laughs> but I think that's... I, I like that with, with Christopher Nolan's, like, side characters. Just, there's no... It's like they're capable people,
0: usually. They have specialties. And yeah. this guy's uh, Mahir's is transportation. The man knows how to fly a plane and crash it. Yeah. And he knows how to drive a boat.
1: Who uh, was who, the guy who played Mahir? Who did it say?
0: Uh, I just looked at it. Himesh something? Uh, yeah,
1: okay. It's uh, Yus- Yusuf and Inception by Dilip Rao.
0: Okay.
2: Oh, but, but anyway, yeah. The, the other folks in this cast... Um, so there was never a point where JD was overpo- overpowering in the movie. He had so many great moments with other mm-hmm. folks, whether it was a one scene thing with like with Michael Caine, Sir Michael Caine, I'm sorry, and that, or throughout the film with. Neil with Robert Patton. And again, yeah, let's go back. Robert Pattinson is wonderful.
0: I told Chris He's earlier, brilliant. everybody needs a friend like Neil.
2: Yes. Yeah. A friend absolutely.
0: who will travel through we'll time take to your, take a bullet for
2: on, you. Yep. Take your hand on his throat, you know, with the gun at the head. It's like, okay, I got to go through this. This is like the 55th time I've done this, but sure. Yeah, that's right. Um, but uh, yes, Neil and Robert Pattinson and Kenneth Branagh. If there is folks that steal the movie, it would be those two. But uh, they both play their stuff perfectly with everybody else. That's great. Now,
0: I'm having trouble thinking of other actors. And now, obviously, we're excluding Heath Ledger as the Joker because that character is such a large ham anyway. But I'm trying to think of other Christopher Nolan characters who got to be as big and ridiculous and ham it up as much as Kenneth Branagh did because like that is the biggest performance I have seen out of a, an actor like the and I mean like the biggest out there less subdued performance I've seen from an actor in any one of these films that we've watched. Can uh, you guys think of anyone else who got to do that kind of crazy? It's
1: it's v- it's vague, but I would think there was something in The Prestige like that because that lent itself to that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Joe
2: Pant in Memento. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't as loud. It maybe, wasn't.
0: I'm thinking like there there but, haven't been as many complete monsters the way that Seder is. Oh,
2: sure. Leonardo is pretty big in Inception, you know. Uh, I mean, because he has to go through that's so true, much emotionally and stuff. To his get trauma is his the life. thing that's fucking you up know, the whole heist. Yeah. So. Um, what's her face in, uh, uh, oh my God, uh, the French.
0: Uh, Marion Cotillard?
2: Marion Cotillard in... Um, Inception. In, well, in Inception, but more so... Oh, The in, Dark Knight Rises? Dark Knight Rises, she gets... She goes from really low-key to really...
0: To super villainous To super villainous To over-the-top top death.
2: Uh, well, I mean, and then there's also Bane. Bane gets
1: to... Bane To tromp around a bit. And <laughs> Ra's al Ghul. And begins not... Well, And begins not so much to me because I think... Um, Killian Murphy still steals, steals it as Scarecrow. Oh, Scarecrow. Yes, okay,
0: yes. I think Killian uh, Murphy's the yeah. only person who got to have as much fun as Kenneth Branagh did, <laughs> just hamming it up.
2: Again, with the exception of Heath Ledger.
0: So, yeah, yeah, excluding Heath Ledger. I th-
1: and I think they, they're able to get away with it because even though Nolan sticks to real— even if he's doing wild concepts, which he does in most of his movies— he still t- keeps them pretty down to earth, so to say that they were tearing it up is is kind of I think you have to not put an asterisk by it, but you have to kind of be like, say like you have to qualify it a
2: little bit Eric Roberts
0: Eric Roberts gave a very a pretty subdued performance, but when
2: he 's dropped. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, He he's, loses he was, his knees and ankles. He was playing the role of a man who just got but, dropped from a, a balcony. But his stuff and his was pretty shattered. big. Yeah. And
2: the scene in, when Joker comes into the
0: gang meeting and... Oh, see, no, I don't think that's on the same cr- level of crazy that it's, Kenneth Branagh got to play. But,
2: but Kenneth Branagh was... He was crazy because he was a Russian gangster and they're just crazy, you know? Do
0: not get us in trouble <laughs> with the Russians, Stan. <laughs> That is the last thing Russian that I game. need. He was a you Russian not, legitimate just,
1: businessman.
0: Yes, Stan, uh, just because you wear track suits.
1: Also, I like... Uh, I mean, I know there wasn't a lot of... That's
2: Armenian. Was like, I mean, there whatever. wasn't a lot
1: of you know interference from government uh, governments over this, but I also there like... There should have been? I think maybe a, a few more noses should have been poked in, but that would have just muddled everything. Yeah. But I think they had a good way of closing off the final battle because they offhandedly mentioned that... Um, what was the character's name? The, the Russian guy's name again? Sater. Sater. His 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 company, ever since, you know, his company got big and was handling that, his company basically controlled the entire area of yes. Stals 12. Yes. Yeah. So that, you know, they, they were the only presence there. So, of course, no one's going to be, be out there other than them.
2: Because they did talk about how it had been just completely deserted mm-hmm. and everybody had left that were fighting the Cold War of that time. They, uh... It was, it was no longer there, and then all of a sudden he comes out of nowhere and has created a well it's, a kingdom it's, in that
0: place. Well, thanks he, to future interference. Thanks to future right. interference. Well, guys, I think that's going to close out uh, our Christopher Nolan discussion and our year of contrasting directors. Um, what a journey this has been from clerks to tenants. Um and I'm very excited.
2: If you think about it, Kevin Smith is sort of an inversion <laughs> parallel inversion Stop. just uh, Christopher no, no. Nolan because you no. know you got the funny adventures and you got the not so funny.
1: Which was which
0: Okay, but can we can we in a future episode conceptualize Christopher Nolan movies with Kevin Smith characters and, and vice, vice versa? versa, yeah. Like uh, Dante and Randall in yes. Tenet. And clerks with the protagonist in Neil. Yeah
1: yes. oh absolutely.
2: Chris would love that.
1: It's shot and it's shot like a Nolan movie for clerks
2: yes, and clerks but are, it's
1: but it's got the 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 cheap, the cheap clerk style for tenant. Yes Okay, so what what which movie is in is, uh, is flipped with Mallrats? <laughs>
0: Uh, that would be in- prestige, prestige, right? No, no, I'm going with Inception. Okay, yeah, really?
1: I can see that, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. You want Brody running around in <laughs> Yes, I want Brody making people's dreams uh, and being chased by his murderous ex, Shannon Doherty. Uh, Everyone choose- or or I want- wouldn't Shannon Doherty be the one he's trying to get to? Well, I want Silent Bob playing the role of Yusuf. <laughs> Um, I I want Jay being JGL's character.
1: You want Kevin Kevin Smith mugging for the camera trying to wake people up?
0: Yes, exactly. That's what I want. All right, so to set us up for next year's four perfect films for each of us, I'm shuffling some pieces of paper that I've written numbers on. So one at a time, let's start with uh, Stan. Take your headphones off. Come over here and pick a number, and we're going to see what order we're going in.
2: If I had a nickel for every time, that was asked of me.
0: I would really prefer that not to be a thing that happens. All right, so I'm, I'm holding out one of these cards is, face down. Stan
1: is approaching the table.
0: Yes, yeah, so let's keep this real dramatic for the audience. Pick choosing, which number you want. Choosing his paper. All right, Stan, which number have you got? He's number... He's number... Oh, Stan's number one. All right, so that means, Stan, you're picking the first four films that we discuss next year. Uh, So go ahead and go back to your seat and put your headphones back on. And
1: think about what you've done.
0: Yep, and uh, I'm going to vamp here to keep things from getting boring while Chris takes his headphones off and comes to get a number. So, Chris, come on up, pick a number. Which one do you want? Uh, um, It's not that hard. Just pick a a number. (laughs) Chris picked five. I'm two. All right, Chris is number two, so you're going to pick the next four films we discuss next year, and that leaves me with number three, so we're going to oh, close.
1: Oh, that, oh, well, see, when, since you told me about this idea, I've already picked my four movies, so that this actually... It's interesting because that, it lines up with an idea I had if I didn't get the last, half, the last third of the year. Uh,
0: so, listeners, I talked about it in our uh, last episode, That I think, when we talked about Interstellar. But the idea for next year, we're breaking away from director-specific uh, discussions next year. And each of us are going to pick four films that we consider perfect tens. So, Stan, you'll have January, February, March, and April. Uh, every month, we'll dis- we'll watch and discuss a film that you pick that you think is a perfect 10, which leaves Chris with May, June, July, and August, and I'll take September, October, November, and December. And that's what we're going to do next year. And time permitting, we're going to try to keep doing off-topic episodes. Now that we're up to four podcasts on this network, that's become a little more difficult. Uh, but I do like doing off-topic episodes. And... That is why, time permitting, uh, at the end of the month, uh, in, in two weeks, no, you're, you're in on this motherfucker. We're going to be talking about a very special <laughs> Christmas film. We, we In previous years, we've talked about Olive, the other reindeer. We talked about Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. We're breaking away from the reindeer tradition.
2: But isn't it the long-haired?
0: So we're going to be talking about Nestor the long-haired donkey. Oh, no, The
2: long-eared Christmas donkey. The
1: long-eared Christmas donkey, Don-
0: long-eared Christmas donkey thank you.
1: As a, because, because as is uh, relayed in the, in the, uh, in the, the special, <laughs> Nestor is the donkey present at Christ's birth in the manger.
0: Oh, I, I love this already, and I know that I'm going to hate which,
1: it. Which means we get to have a discussion about theology and Rankin Bass specials because it's weird.
0: I'm going to let you spearhead that <laughs> one. I don't want to talk about theology and Rankin well, Bass specials. The, theo- the
1: theology down. of Rankin Bass because they have their own weird, I of what you know weird theology of how things work in the world. But then they're also going to bring Christ into it. Now it gets even weirder.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so you've got that to look forward to in two weeks' time. Nestor, the long-eared Christmas donkey. Stan, if people would like to follow you online, where can they do that? At I think we all already know the answer to this.
2: Instagram.
0: Okay, and uh, what's your what's your handle on Instagram, Stan?
2: Just
1: think of me. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a thread. All right,
0: so you can follow Stan on at just think of me. Chris, uh, if people want to follow you online, where can they do that at?
1: I don't know if they should, but uh, I'm I'm trying not to, but he's right there. Uh, I'm at Chris the on Twitter. Uh, It's O K A Y, and you're welcome to come talk to me about rankin bass and your feelings on Jesus. Yeah,
0: and wrestling. All right, and if you want, no, that's stupid. If you want to follow me online, the best place to do that at is on Instagram, at D.B. Hensley. If you want to keep up with Long Walk Productions, you can visit us online at longwalk.us, or you can search for Long Walk Productions and Long Walk Podcasts on Facebook. To see more of our original work or hear past episodes that are no longer streaming, you can follow the YouTube links in the show notes. Thanks to Shelby Ray Patterson, I'm going to be including the links for our other social media handles uh, in the show notes. Uh, so, thank you for listening. And if you enjoy this show or any of the shows on the Long Walk Podcast Network, please make sure to leave us a rating and a review on whatever platform you are listening on.
2: Peace out.
1: I think Clerks Two would swap with uh, Interstellar just so at some point Jay can pass by and they can go homeboy fuck the Martian once.